Hello everyone, welcome back to Tommy Talks. Today we're going to tackle a big topic in Christianity and in life. What the heck is love? What does it mean? What does it do? It's so overused in our pop culture today and it's the basis of our faith if we're Christians and it's something that we all strive to have and strive to do. It's so complicated and complex but it's made simple in so many different ways. There's a lot to talk about so let's go. Hey everybody, welcome back to Tommy Talks. Just want to give you a couple updates before we jump into today's episode. Honestly, it's been a little bit of an interesting transition from the semester into summer. I mean, summer classes just started this week, but it's kind of been weird because it's like, it's different, but it's the same. Um, As far as like quarantine and being at home, my life looks a lot different than it would if I was in Tampa. I would have work, I would have BCM things going on, but I don't, so it's a little bit differently. Honestly, some days have been good, some days have been bad. I wake up at 8 o'clock, I wake up at noon, you know, it's just, I don't know. Every day is a little bit different, so it depends. I'm, some days I'm sad, some days I'm happy. There's got to be some consistency in my life, and so I'm glad I can get on the podcast and just kind of chat for a little bit. But let's get into today's episode a lot. As I mentioned just a second ago, we're going to be talking about love today. And the first question that I, I said, obviously, was what the heck is love, you know? What is it? I feel like love is a very overused, like probably beaten to a pulp word and also, you know, phrase like I love you and things like that have just been beaten to a pulp over the years, especially lately. We're in a, I would say, love obsessed culture, but also a culture that doesn't really understand what love is. And I'm, you know, I'm not like one to say I fully understand love and every single aspect of it. But I think it's something that's worth talking about because if you're a Christian, it should be, you know, the basis of our faith. I mean, God loved us, so we love him and we love other people from that. I mean, love is a biblical idea. In Matthew 22, Jesus talks about the greatest commandments and he says, love the Lord your God and love your neighbor as yourself. So the you know the action in both of those is to love so what the heck is that and what does that mean well i don't know i guess seeing in today's culture there's a lot of different ways that people use love that i just before i kind of dive into talking about love itself and ranting about it i want to talk about what love is how love is talked about really you know i think the most common way that love is spoken about or that it's like brought up is as far as like liking stuff so Examples could be like, you know, oh my gosh, I love burgers, or I love, you know, the color orange or the color green, or I love dancing and I love hiking. I love, you know, the winter season. I love my clothes. I love whatever. That is the most common way that people use love for sure, by far. You know, you could say, oh my gosh, I love this. I love that. We just use it over and over and over. It's like, almost like a reflex to say that when we enjoy something, we just automatically love it. We attach the love word to it. And I don't know, I think this has been uh, the same way that a lot of things have been kind of dwindled down because of its overuse. It's kind of taken the meaning out of love by just saying that you love everything. You attach the word love to it, and all of a sudden it's like, you know, has some sort of meaning to it. But the problem is that by attaching it to everything, we've taken it away from things that are more, you know, significant. And it has to do with love. Another way that we use love in our culture is to talk about, well, obviously, like romantic love. 
So I would say the second most besides saying, you know, love meaning like would be love meaning romance. So, oh my gosh, I love this person or I'm in love, you know, as if it's something to be in. It's like a pot and we like jump into it and all of a sudden we're in love or something. You know, I don't really understand that necessarily. I think it's helpful to think about it that way, but I feel like whenever anyone says in love, it more is meaning to talk about emotions and about feelings and about, you know, attachment and stuff like that, rather than talking about, you know, the practical, um, what am I trying to say? You know, like the actual action of loving people. So that's kind of the second one. Third one that people use it for is for admiration purposes. So this is similar, but you know, you could say like, I love, you know, the Pope or I love, Matt Damon, you know, like some actor, I love this actor, this actress, I love this pastor, you know, like you have an admiration for them and you, maybe you love them in the general sense and you care about them, but it's really hard to specifically love people that you don't know that well, um, in that way. You know, I think people are meaning that they just enjoy their being, you know, they, they admire that person, but I don't know if we really understand what, what loving that means. And that's something I've been trying to figure out myself is when am I using love and how can I mean it more, I guess. You know, I think the biggest, I mentioned it just a minute ago, overly used phrase would be like, I love you. You know, people say, I love you. And although it is overused, it's also underused. So I think it's overused in the wrong ways and it's underused in the right ways. So you hear people saying like, I love you. But what they really mean is, you know, I'm your acquaintance and I like hanging out with you or whatever. And that's not bad. It's not necessarily a bad thing, but it doesn't actually mean I love you as deeply as we think. You know, it's an aspect of love uh, that we're maybe expressing in a different way. And I think, you know, we have to be more specific with our love. I was talking to somebody a couple of months ago. Well, actually, more than a couple of months ago, because I haven't been around people that often, um, but more than a couple of months ago about what the heck, you know, saying I love you means or what love like is about. And he basically was saying, I feel like it would be more impactful to say like, I love you and then followed up with something more specific about that person. So, you know, maybe I love you as my mother or I love you as my friend or as you know my partner or whatever it is and be more specific about it you know I love if you say like I love the color orange you'll probably be like well actually maybe I don't love maybe I just enjoy it you know and I attach love to it so you know I enjoy that color and enjoy looking at it or whatever and that's completely different than love and the next thing I want to kind of jump into is just talking about you know, what different words are used for love? You know, there are seven, I looked it up, I guess. There are seven Greek words that have different love meanings. And I kind of just want to quickly run through them because I think these are super helpful for seeing what love actually is and how we can use it in our day-to-day lives now. So here are the seven Greek words for love. I just want to run through them and kind of just talk about each of them and what they mean and how we could maybe properly use love better and how we can love better 
you know, both of those things. So the first one would be uh, the word eros or eros. I don't really know how to, how they say it, but this is like romantic love. So this is like sexual passion. This is like, you know, romantic love for a partner, for a spouse, whatever. This is more like, you know, procreating kind of love. So that's kind of the first one. It's a little bit more um, surface level, I guess, like when you first see it. Um, but it can lead to other types of love and other types of love are attached to it which is in contrast to the next type of love, which is called ludus. So there's eris and there's ludus. I'm honestly not sure how to pronounce all these things, so like, sorry. Uh, but L-U-D-U-S, ludus, which is what they call like a playful type of love. Or another way to say it is like a no-strings-attached type of love. So as opposed to eros, which is probably more like strings-attached, romantic, partnership, you know, monogamy, Ludus is more of like a no string detached, playful, flirty kind of love, which is, you know, when you say like, oh, I love hanging out with you when you're first like dating somebody or when you're first getting to know somebody, you know, it's more like playful. There's not really a lot of commitment around it. So that's Ludus. Next one is philia uh, or another way to say is like phileo. I don't really know exactly. Anyways. Forget the pronunciation. I'm just going to say it and butcher it. Who cares? Um, but this one is friendship love or brotherly love, another way to say it. So this one's like, you know, your friend, someone who like platonic, you care for them, but there's no like romantic attachment or anything like that. It's more just like, I care for you as another human being. You're my friend, you know, philia, whatever. The next one is storge. And that's familial love. So storge is more like your parents to you or you to your parents or you to your siblings. That's that kind of love that we care for each other because we're connected. We're bonded through the bonds of like family. So that's another one. That's number four. Number five is pragma, which obviously leads to the word pragmatic um, and is also known as like practical love or dutiful love. So this love comes out of like a duty or an obligation. So what a lot of like psychologists will say is that pragma is actually the love that happens over time, like with a spouse or with, yeah, with a couple that's been together for a while where they feel like a duty and an obligation toward each other. It's not that they have like contempt, but they just know that, you know, we've been together and we care for each other and we love each other, but it's in a very like dutiful way. Um, not saying that it's not real because it's actually a real type of love that we should have and use but it can kind of turn into some different things uh, in the future. Then there's one that I'm totally going to butcher this, but I think it's philautia, philautia, something like that. Um, But it's called self-love, or this is like, you know, love for oneself, you know, one for myself or whatever. So this type of love, there's really like a continuum. I mean, all these types of love have like a continuum that they're on, but this type of love specifically has a continuum from like, narcissism which is like complete just disregard for other people love just for you only focus on you all the way to the other end of the spectrum which is like self-esteem having good like confidence and self-esteem so that's that one it's not really having to do with other people that much it's really just having to do with you but it's that relationship that you have with yourself which is kind of meta but and then the last type the seventh type is one that a lot of you probably be familiar with, 
which is the God love, which is called agape. So this is like unselfish, sacrificial, and unconditional love that, you know, you care for other people. And this is the one that's found a lot of times when um, they're talking about things in scripture, it's talking about this type of love over other things. And so that's kind of the seven types. And there's a lot of different ways that we can, you know, talk about um, love and these are really helpful to see them in different lights, you know, like, oh, I love the color orange. Maybe it's more of like, actually, it's probably none of those types of love, honestly. But, you know, if it's like, oh, I really admire this person, maybe it's just, you know, a practical, you know, dutiful love because I don't know, you know, there's a lot of different ways. I can't really think of a specific example right now, but we'll get to that later on uh, in the podcast. One thing I want to do as well is look at, you know, the typical, very stereotypical, like, love chapter in the Bible, which is 1 Corinthians 13, and not for, like, saying it, you know, at a wedding or whatever, but I kind of just want to talk about what, you know, Paul says in this letter and what he's saying that love is and what it's not. So that'll help us to be a little bit more perceptive of understanding, you know, how we can ask the question of, is this actually love? And, and can I use it right in this way? So uh, I'll, I'm not going to read the actual text, but I'm just going to pull some things from the text. So it's 1 Corinthians 13, verses 4 through 7 is kind of what I'm going to look at. But here are some things that, that Paul says love is not. So a couple things. Firstly, Paul says that love is not envious. So the opposite of this would be, you know, of envy would be contentment. So love is not envious. It doesn't want things that it maybe doesn't need or, you know, love is content in where it's at. So it's not desiring things uh, from other people, coveting. That's not what love is. It's So if you're, you know, when they say, you know, let's say you're in a relationship and you see another relationship and you're like, oh my gosh, that's the relationship I want. If you're looking at it as if it's like some sort of prize to get to or some sort of like be all end all and you're not content in where you're at, where God has placed you and you believe that he's has you there, that's the type of love that like, oh, I would love to have that relationship. That's not really love. That's just envy for that relationship, you know. Um, a second type that he says love is not, he said love is not boastful. So in opposition, uh, love would be humble. So if it's not boastful, then it is humble. So, you know, love is very, I think I was just actually reading in First Thessalonians, it's talking about, uh, Paul is talking to the people at Thessalonica and telling them to live a quiet life, you know? He's not saying to, oh, make sure that you, like, tell everyone how great you are and let everyone know that you're such a devout follower. He's like, no, live a quiet life, have, go mind your own business. He literally says that in the scriptures. And so that's what love is not. It's not boastful. It's not braggy or braggadocious or whatever, but it's very humble. Another thing, love is not, love is not self-seeking. So in opposition, love would be selfless and sacrificial. So love is not just desiring things for oneself. We talked about um, philautia, again, I don't know how to say it, but that self-love, you know, aspect. And just because you love yourself, uh, which we'll talk about in a second, just because you love yourself doesn't mean that you're seeking after things just for you. You know, you're seeking things for the benefit of other people, and that's really what love is. Another thing is that love is not easily angered. 
so the opposite of this would be love is slow to anger. You know, love is not quick to be angry, quick to be mad at things, but it's really just, it's slow and it's, um, you know, taking its time. It's not getting agitated at the smallest thing, but it's having a lot of patience. And that's something that's really hard. You know, I think, uh, especially when it comes to like family and when it comes to like close, close relationships, you know, like dating or really close friends is this one I feel like has been a uh, struggle for me sometimes because it's so easy to get agitated. And so sometimes you got to take a step back and slow down and just not say something and just be like, I just need a minute. Um, and then keep going from there. So love is not easily angered. Something else that love is not, love is not a recorder of wrongs. Um, and the opposite, I would say, of recorder of wrongs would be love is quick to forgive. You know, love doesn't write down things that you've done wrong. I heard this um, analogy one time that, you know, when you're in a relationship, sometimes you can have, you know, whenever someone does something wrong, you keep like a little tab about things that they've done wrong and you write it on their tab. And then, you know, at some point they got to pay their tab, you know, just like when you go to a restaurant and you order something else and then you got to write it on the tab. Um, that's not what love is. You know, love doesn't check to, to make sure that you're doing the right thing all the time. It's really quick to forgive. And it's not, it doesn't mean that you're going to get run over. You know, that's not what it means. Um, it doesn't mean that you're going to say, well, you know, that person like punched me in the face, but uh, I'm just going to, you know, forgive them, which we should. Um, but now I'm just going to let them keep doing it. You know, it's like, no, okay, seek help, you know, be commonsensical about it and like understand the next steps to do but don't necessarily you know hold on to those things hold grudges which can be difficult um, with some people but I don't know you just got to pray out of that one and the last thing I would say that love is not would be love is not delightful in evil things so as much as we don't like to talk about things being evil there are things that are evil and as much as we might say we don't delight in evil, sometimes we do because it's more comfortable. At least I think there are times in my life when I delight in evil, not because I love evil stuff and I'm like, oh, I just, I'm the worst person ever. I'm conspiring to be horrible. But it's because I'm human and I mess up and I have human intentions that are not always godly intentions. And so, you know, I'm still working through things just as we all are. But I want to not delay in evil. And that's what love is not. It doesn't delay in those things that are evil. Uh, but as we see on the opposite in that verse, it says it, love does not delay in evil, but rejoices with the truth. So anyway, those are things that love is not. And next we're going to go into things that love actually is, or it says that love is. So first of all, love is patient. This one might be, yeah, you know, this one might be one of the hardest ones that love is. I have this praying app that I use and I try to pray with it because it makes me more intentional about my prayers whenever I can. And one of the verses that I pray is this verse, 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 7, helps me to see what love is and how I can maybe, you know, practically think about love for that day. And Again, I'm not perfect with it, but one of the hardest ones is that love is patient. Um, as humans, we have these like knee-jerk reactions to things, and 
as a human myself, <laughs> um, I do have those knee-jerk reactions to things. And I can be in a pouty mood. And I can be... It's, it's so easy to be in a pouty, in a bad mood. But the first thing it says that love is, it says love is patient. You know, it's slow to anger. It waits. And that's immensely difficult. But there's a reason that we're not supposed to just do this Christian life by ourselves. We're supposed to use the Holy Spirit and its power. And also other people around us that can maybe help us with that. That's the first thing. Next thing it says about love is that love is kind. You know, another, a lot of people think of kindness as like being nice. And I don't know. I don't know if I would say that kindness is the same as niceness. Although I think they're like synonyms. They're really close. But when I think of being nice, I think of someone who like smiles at like, you know, somewhere that you buy clothes or somewhere that you eat food. And they're like, oh, how was your day? Like, did you find everything all right? You know, like that's being nice, you know, but I think kindness is more, is deeper than that. Kindness is about generosity. It's about being considerate for other people. It's about giving. Um, I heard a talk at State Collegiate Conference, which is where all the BCMs come together uh, once a year. And it was about, you know, like finding God's purpose for our life, basically. And one of the things he said that stuck with me, along with a lot of things he said that stuck with me, one thing he said was, our default should be obeying God. It should not be questioning him. And as much as I thought about that, I was like, well, yeah, okay, that makes sense. It was so true. He used the analogy of thinking about homeless people and saying, you know, when I was in this third world country, I saw homeless people and, you know, they are asking for money. And he's like, he felt God tugging on his heart to give. And he was like, you know, I don't really know. Like, what if they use that for buying, like, alcohol or buying drugs or they waste it on something that doesn't matter? He's like, I don't know if I want to enable them to be doing that. And then he, he felt God speaking to his heart saying, you know what? It doesn't matter what they do with it. It's the fact that you're questioning whether or not to actually obey my command of, you know, feeding the poor or of like, you know, giving money and being generous with your, with your resources and being kind and considerate to others. And so when he heard God say that, he was like, oh, dang. And so he says now, like whenever he gets a chance, he just, you know, gives money to people who are homeless because he's like, that's, that's what we're commanded to do. We're commanded to love others, be kind and generous with our money and with everything else. And so that should be our default and not, you know, our secondary, you know, thing to think about. Anyway, that was a long rant, but let's go to the next thing. Next thing that love is, love is honoring. Another word or synonym for honoring would be respecting or respectful. So love is respectful of others. And this one is probably one of the hardest when it comes to people that we don't interact with. Like face to face, I guess I would say. So respect is difficult when it's with somebody who we're not talking to face-to-face or who we actually just never see. And a couple of those examples would be people like, you know, um, maybe pastors. And maybe you do see, obviously, hopefully you see your pastor face-to-face, but a lot of times you just might not every single day. But maybe pastor or the president or 
leaders, you know, or whoever. Obviously, we can have our opinions about things that are how things are being done, you know, like if the governor or somebody in power is saying, you know, to do XYZ and we're like, whoa, I think we should be doing ABC. It's okay to disagree, right? But if they place XYZ as a plan, as long as it's not, you know, going against God's directive, like it's our job as Christians that we're commanded to respect the authority, to honor and to respect authority figures in our life. And as difficult as that is, especially when we don't like them, we have to think about the context that Jesus was talking in. In his time, he was saying, respect your authority. And it was like a Caesar who basically like by power took the throne and enforced oppressive rules on the Jewish people. And Jesus said, well, you still respect him. And they're like, what? Like he literally by force took over and then put oppressive rule on us. And now you're telling us to respect him. And Jesus says, yes, that is what glorifies God. Like how much more can we say when we have, even if it's not our choice necessarily, we have a chance to, you know, choose our authority in some ways, or we have a chance to, you know, communicate with our authority if it's our pastor or somebody else or an organization leader or whatever. But we are commanded to honor. And that's what love is doing is honoring and respecting. Uh, Another thing that love is, love is joyful in the truth. So love rejoices, you know, love is, it's not necessarily just happy, smiley, but it's joyful, which is just having, you know, hope and um, joy is a very complicated one that I'm trying to still figure out right now, honestly, because especially in this season, we're called to be joyful. We're always called to be joyful, but I'm learning how to be joyful when it's not exactly what I want, which that's a reality check for me. <laughs> you know, how can we joyful? How can we be joyful when it's not exactly what we want? That's an interesting question that I'm gonna have to tackle too. But the next one is that love is protecting. In First Corinthians, it says love always protects. And actually, I kind of had to go into this one a little bit to understand it better. But basically, what this means is that. It doesn't necessarily mean that it just protects everything, you know, and is like, oh, this is a wrongdoing. I'm going to protect it. I'm going to like hide it. It doesn't mean hiding. That's what I mean. But it means withstanding difficulty. So when there's hard times, you know, love protects, you know. So when someone's going through something hard, we can love them and that protects them. That helps them withstand the difficulty that they're going through. And that can be really helpful. Love is also trusting. Love is hoping Love is persevering. So there's a couple more things that love is. You know, love is, it continues, it keeps going forward. And I think that the question we should always ask when we're doing things or talking to people, going about our business, whatever, is the question, is this love? You know, is this really love? And if the answer is yes, based on a lot of those things that we talked about, the different types of love, and the different aspects of what love is and what love is not, we can answer this question, you know, is this in love? So if you're reprimanding some one of your friends for hurting your feelings and you're saying, you know what, I'm doing this so that you can maybe honor me or because that wasn't truthful, that was evil. And so I want to rejoice in the truth and I want to come to you with this and, and love you, you know, care for you. Or 
whatever situation you can apply it to. So just think about that, you know, ask that question, be able to ask that question, is this in love uh, in a lot of circumstances? And that's something that I'm asking myself right now as far as my career. God has really put on my heart that, um, you know, I'm trying to figure out exactly what to do for my career. And he, this like little phrase, or I guess it's a question, you know, he, he asks, he's like, okay, you should ask the question more than how much money or where am I going to live or who exactly am I going to work with, blah, blah, blah. It's more the question of where am I able to love well, you know? And that's what I'm trying to figure out. So next, I kind of just want to go through a couple of those types of things about love and talk about love in my life and what that looks like within the different types of those Greek words of love and how that makes sense. So the first type of love I'm talking about is philia or the friendship brotherly love. And I have that with, you know, all my, all my guy friends and, you know, people who, you know, friends who are girls and really just anyone who's, I would consider my friend, you know, anyone at BCM or church or wherever it is, this is kind of love I have. I would say this is the most, noticeable love I guess in my life because that's the love that I express to other people you know you want to care for them you ask how they're doing you hang out with them you just enjoy life together and you have that friendship you have that bond together that's the most obvious one I would say in my life the other one uh, another one is storge so that's the familial love and I have that obviously with my sister and my parents and kind of like it's it's long-standing and that's a little bit different than friend love. Even if you have friends for your whole life, it's different because there's a different connection with family and that can change, you know, over time, that type of expression of the storge love. But the reality that they are my family is something that doesn't really change at all. The next love is pragma or the dutiful love. And I would say that this type of like practical love based out of duty or obligation comes up in like every part of my life you know when it comes to loving people at the bcm or loving people at home or loving sarah or loving whoever it is you know someone who i don't even know a lot of times it does come out of this like very practical like obligation love and it's not a bad again it's not a bad type of love but it's a love that you say you know what this is my duty and i love I enjoy doing this, Um, and so I will love in this way however you can. You know, if that's helping someone with tutoring or if that's going to a restaurant that maybe you don't like as much or doing an activity with your family you don't like as much, you're doing it because you know what? This is my family, and I love them, and I care for them. So this is the kind of love I express. Next one is the self-love, and I would say that this type of love has been relevant in my life through things like, you know, in the past, I would say, college years acceptance of like your body or I guess for me it's like my body I mean I'm I'm like I would say I'm like average height and like a runner's build and I don't know it takes a little bit of time to like accept who you are physically you know and that kind of helps you uh, in other ways as well you know your physical your mind your body and your soul are all connected you know you're one person and you kind of you know when you love those aspects, they can all, you know, converge. So if you love your body more, you know, you'll love, you know, your mind or what the skills and abilities you've been given. Another part of this self-love is that there's just an aspect of like where I am in my life and like who I am. And I just feel like in the past years, it's been something that I've been trying to work on 
to love myself because one thing that's interesting about what Jesus says in Matthew 22 is he says to love your neighbor as yourself. And so if you disrespect yourself, if you don't treat your body well, if you don't treat your mind well, if you sit around slothfully, if I'm just, you know, not doing my work, I'm being lazy, if I'm not taking care of my body with food and exercise, all this kind of stuff, if I don't love myself at all and I disrespect myself and I just, you know, neglect myself, how the heck am I supposed to love my neighbor well? You know, I can love my neighbor as myself, but I'm just going to disrespect my neighbor. I'm going to neglect my neighbor. I'm going to talk bad about my neighbor because I'm not respecting myself. I'm not taking care of my own self, mind, body, soul. And I'm, you know, I'm just struggling to care for me. And so how am I supposed to love my neighbor as myself? Well, I'll just end up doing it poorly. So that's actually an aspect that's really important that I think if that's something that you, you know, struggle with or it's something that you're trying to figure out, you know, keep working through that. And the last type of love is the agape, unselfish, unconditional type of love. And I think this is the love that Jesus was really talking about in that Matthew 22 verse of just love the Lord your God with all that you are and love your neighbor as yourself. You know, my goal in life really is to love God and love other people well. And there's a lot of things that go into that, very complex, but that's the ultimate, very simple goal that I have in my life. And I hope that you guys do too, because this is just so important. Understanding what the heck love is and how we can express it well is super important. And so, I mean, I I didn't even mention it in this podcast at all, but there's like the, the five love languages And those are, you know, helpful tools, but let me just say that that's not like the only way that God told us to love. And that's not God given like scriptural, like this is how to love necessarily. Although he does give us a lot of different practical things, like it's not the Bible. Um, So don't restrict yourself to just a couple different ways of doing it. But love can be expressed in like a million different ways. Uh, to different people. And that's really what it's about. It's about people. And so understanding who God is will help you love him better. The same way that understanding who your mother is or who your brother or sister is or who your girlfriend or boyfriend is will help you to love them better, right? Like if you don't know anything, if you think that, you know, so-and-so boyfriend likes surprises, it's just an example. I hate surprises. But if you thought that I like surprises or Sarah thinks I like surprises and she gives me a surprise, she thinks she's loving me, but that's not really how I feel loved. And that's not really how I feel loved. And God has given us scripture to show us how he feels loved. And so if we read that and then we just obey and we say, you know, I don't like surprises, but I do like when you take me out to eat and you plan it in advance. And she says, okay, I'm going to do that. So she plans a meal and then she takes me out and that's how I feel loved well. And so in the same way, we can love God by reading scripture and by learning about how he desires us to be uh, to love him and to love other people and then work from there. So that's just kind of my rant about love. The next thing really quick is the challenge. Last week we talked about, or a couple weeks ago, we talked about why do you believe what you believe or what's the basis for your beliefs? Something that I'm still trying to work through, honestly, asking myself a million questions about the Bible, about faith, about God. 
continuing to do that. So I can't give you a definitive answer to that challenge necessarily. But this week, my challenge is to just call somebody that you love, FaceTime somebody that you care about, and have a nice conversation. I mean, hopefully you do this, you know, if you're not close to your parents or your siblings or whatever, but something I'm going to try to do better is be, have good conversations with people. And this is a way that I can do it. So anyways, good luck on that. Thank you guys so much for listening to this week's episode of the podcast. I really do appreciate the people that do listen to this podcast. I have been doing it for a couple months now, and I really just like chatting, and I want to get some feedback from you guys if you can, you know, just either writing or sending me a DM about something you found interesting, maybe, you know, to see if you guys are actually learning something or if you're just being encouraged or entertained, whatever it is. I hope you guys have a good week. Catch you guys next week. Peace.